Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of Rotocurve Radio. I'm your host, Michael Rathburn, and the show that we have tonight is uh, week three, and we're talking about deep threats with Matt Williamson, uh, former NFL uh, with the Cleveland Browns, ESPN, amongst many other places. Matt, welcome in tonight. How's it going? It's going well, man. How are you? Doing good. I do live in Charlotte, uh, oh, so we are, you know, obviously we were talking about earlier Charlotte uh, in the news for not the right reasons at this point. So it's been a little bit scary, but on a personal note, you know, I, I did survive week two. I'm not injured. Uh, <laughs> I didn't Sounds pull like my hand. You survived. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pull my hamstring. I didn't have a concussion. Uh, and man, it was rough. I mean, it was like a black Sunday for injuries, and unfortunately, it kind of spilled into the middle of the week. So. We are now dealing with, uh, you know, attrition in the NFL in week three, which is a little bit scary um, because rosters are starting to get thin, especially like a team like the Saints in the secondary, who basically oh. I think are one call away from signing me or you to play cover corner uh, in, the, in the dime. <laughs> and the Colts are like that, too. And running backs are dropping left and right. And we want yep. to play two games. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a tough week from an injury standpoint, and that opens up opportunities for new players. And what we're talking about here is uh, sleeper guys in DFS that you're going to play on FanDuel and DraftKings. And the sleeper can be one of two things, guys. A sleeper can be a guy that is a popular pick but is is cheaply priced. Uh, so we're going to identify that. Or it can be a guy that Matt has identified having a really good matchup, having a really good price that maybe not a lot of people are looking at. It's somebody that you can look at. Uh, and Matt's had a pretty good record here. I mean, last week is what it is. I mean, it was really tough with all the injuries to kind of get through. But, um, you know, week one, certainly Matt provided some unbelievable information and uh, hit on a number of players. So before we get started with week three deep threats, want to remind you guys, we have a special going on right now at rotocurve.com. You get a weekly membership for just $5. Come on in, get everything we have to offer. Not only NFL, but baseball still going on. We still got PGA. We still got NASCAR. But really and truly, this is an NFL um, podcast and show. And uh, our NFL content is worth the money. Um, again, only $5. Enter promo code RATH. You get everything that we have to offer. The majority now of our content, just so you guys know, is behind a paywall. So that does reward subscribers uh, and get a lot more value for your money. And you also get a weekly free roll on DraftKings for $250. So a good chance to win some money in addition to having your membership over at Rotocurve. Do um, what we do every week here on Deep Threats, guys. Is um, basically I give Matt a list of players on FanDuel and DraftKings that are really below the halfway point, or you know, outside the top ten, or outside the top twelve, or top twenty-four to position, depending on which position. So we're not going to be talking about any of the high-priced players at on this show. We're talking about guys that are middle of the tier or below that Matt has identified as having great matchups. We already know they have great value. And Matt's going to give you his take on, you know, why he likes these particular players based on game script, based on matchups. Uh, we always start off with the quarterback position, and we usually go with three guys. And uh, this is a guy that we talked about last week, and we're going to talk about him again this week, and that's Joe Flacco. Yeah, I'm a fan. I mean, I think he's consistently underrated in the fantasy community. You know, Tressman wants to throw the ball a lot. And what stands out to me most in this matchup is, you know, I was like everybody else. I was kind of high on Jacksonville in the preseason. And, boy, they're building a lot of pieces. I couldn't be more upset with that team just from an NFL standpoint. And you go watch the tape. You know, they're a cover three Seattle-based defense. Right. 
Right. And they blow coverages at an amazing rate. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's unbelievable to me, you know. And a big deep thrower like Flacco, I mean, you blow a coverage against Mike Wallace, that's an 80 yarder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the secondary, you know, has been banged up, has been nicked up. Uh, I know House is a guy that people have picked on. Akamura, uh, Jalen Ramsey is a rookie. I mean, it's it's a secondary right now that is suspect, like you said. The scheme that they're playing, they're not producing. The coach is is probably you know outside of Rex His Ryan. His seat is pro- heating is, up, is man. Very hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a hot one. Uh, He's what twenty four percent of his games is a yeah, Jackson. like he has like the worst out. winning percent, second worst winning percentage of any coach with a certain number of games. So yeah. certainly his days are going to be numbered. And uh, so you got to like Flacco slinging it at least forty times, especially on the road. Yeah, um, and their and their pass rusher Jacksonville isn't all that good. Nope. Stanley's been very impressive as a left tackle, and the other sure. tackle Wagner's been good. So I think you know Flacco's going to have time. They're that not makes- running the ball. They're not running right. it until Dixon. It's- I think this is a Kenneth Dixon. You know, side note. You know, season oh, I like long, that. go stash yeah. Kenneth Dixon now and just wait. Because um, when he comes back, they will start running and throwing to him, and, and everyone else will kind of go by the wayside. Um, the next guy that you like is going to be a favorite this week uh, because of the matchup and what we saw at the second half of the game last week is uh, Ryan Tannehill gets the Browns at home. He's 7,400 on FanDuel. He's 6,200 on DraftKings. Again, I'm going to let you guys know when a player is going to be highly owned, and there's no doubt Tannehill is going to be probably a top three owned quarterback this week because of the matchup and because of the price. Uh, he's certainly still in play for me in tournaments. Um, I think you have to stack with Landry, and you have to stack with Devontae Parker. Um, they're probably not going to want to run the ball a whole lot with the running back situation being what it is. So that's kind of the game script there. Um, Matt, why don't you talk about uh, what happened in that New England Miami game last week, where it was a comp- it was a tale of two games? Yeah, it really was, and it's easy to say Miami came back once Garoppolo went out, and yeah, that is what happened, and that was a factor in that New England wasn't scoring any more points. You know, uh, Brissett twenty four to three. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. Brissett yeah. comes in, hands the ball off, throws one yard passes over and over. But Tannehill got hot in the second half, you know, against a, hev- a good secondary, a lot of man coverage. Parker and Landry were starting to separate. He completed 14 in a row. You know, I've been calling also offseason saying, I think Gates is the man. I think that this is going to be the most improved offense in the league. And, you know, maybe it won't be, but that's what I was saying in July. Sure. You know, I'm a believer. Oh, by the way, they're playing the Browns this week. I mean, that's going yeah. to end better. They're not going to get to him. You mentioned the running back situation. I think you play a lot of hurry up, put it on Tannehill. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, he runs a lot. Yep. Yep. He can get a rushing touchdown when needed. Um, and I bet be he's surprised. heavily owned, though, like you said. I mean, yeah, like, look at so, the list. I'm yeah, like, that's the, way, the way that you want to play Tannehill, guys, is kind of how we recommended it with other guys in the past. Look, if a lot of times in tournaments, you know, a quarterback is not going to be more than 20, 25 percent owned at the most because there's just so many options at that price point. So let's say Tannehill is owned. Um, let's say just for numbers sake, he's owned 20 percent um, because the Monday maybe the Monday game is off the board. So Breeze and Ryan are not in play. And so those ownership numbers gradually you know, dissipate to other players. Tannehill is the guy that's going to pick up ownership percentage. I mean, I'd still want a piece of him. 
but again, we either want to go under owned or over owned. We don't want to go, you know, with the chalk. So <laughs> right, right. If, if we think he's going to be 20% owned, then you want to go 40, uh, or you want to go 10 or you want to go zero. So, you know, that's just how you want to play it. Uh, it's hard for me not to have a piece of Tannehill in tournaments this week because of the passing offense, the game script. I, you know, look, sometimes when a team gets up 21, nothing, uh, maybe they let let off like the Patriots did, of course, the way the game played out and the backup quarterback. But I don't see a team – bad teams typically don't let up because if they do, they have the potential of losing. So a team like Miami is – if they get up 21 nothing, 21-3, etc., I think they're still going to throw. I mean, I don't. they don't really have a lot of guys to hand the ball off to. There's, they may run a little bit. But I still think that they're going to come out and they're going to throw. Maybe they just have more shorter passes and they don't try to go deep. But I think that Tannehill is still a guy that, you know, regardless of whether they get a big lead, um, you know, and who knows, uh, rookie, you know, funnier things have happened. Miami is not a team that I can put a lot of faith and trust in. But, um, you know, if Cleveland hangs around a little bit, uh, at least we know Tannehill still throws. Uh, the mean, other guy that you to the, like to the Dolphins' sure. credit, though, I mean they had to begin the season. Oh, brutal! Oh. In Seattle, <laughs> yeah. in New England, you know, yikes! So I think they're better. I, think, than I think the schedule maker did them, you know, a solid here by giving them a home game against the Browns because that had to be the worst schedule oh. uh, in the history of Week One, Week Two NFL. No, you're absolutely right. I'd mentioned that um, on a couple other shows. Uh, Talk about the last guy, and I think this is nice. I think this is a guy I'm going to be on. Um, not a lot, but I'm going to have some ownership shares of him in tournaments. Dak Prescott at home against a beat-up Bears defense, who um, he looked pretty good last week. Yeah, I, I think that they're managing him well. Like Tannehill, I think he'll account for some yards on you know on the ground as a runner. I mean, I think this is going to be a big Elliott game. You know, this is going to be get the kid his – his 150 yards and mash the, the Bears into the ground. You know, the Bears are really banged up, including Eddie Goldman. Their nose tackle's a good player. But their secondary was horrible, and now it's horrible and hurt. So, I mean, even if he just throws to Dez, I think Dak's going to put up good numbers. And he has a good rapport already with Witten and Beasley. They don't really have any way to cover those guys either. So, it, this really comes down to the Bears just being Bears are so up. yeah they're really banged yeah. up yeah definitely uh, guys keep an eye on the injury report for the Bears in terms of the secondary um, again if Fuller doesn't go uh, their third guy suffered a um, their, their third cornerback suffered a concussion I mean if they're down to bare bones in the secondary you know just keep an eye that that really elevates this Dallas situation uh, even more we'll go over to oh, running cool. backs. Uh, I think it's a great spot for Dallas, too. Chicago coming up Monday night, having to go on the road. Um, i got to imagine the Dallas crowd is going to be pretty pumped. Uh, go over to the running backs, and uh, you got some guys here. Now, again, we're, we're looking at guys that are kind of outside the top 12. So there are going to be some you know, $6,000 running backs in here. Um, but for the most part, these are guys that are, you know, that are pretty much you know, value plays. Um, that, that Matt likes. The first guy up is Isaiah Crowell. Um, interesting here because if we like Miami to throw and, and get up big, how does Crowell fit into the game plan? Well, isn't it because I think that if you're Hugh Jackson with Cody Kessler, who's the fifth starting quarterback in five games for the Browns, which is an unbelievable number, 
you just have to run the ball early in the game and hope hope you keep things close, short in the game. Probably the opposite approach that Miami takes. I think that they like Crowell a lot, and I think they've gotten a lot out of him. That his ability's never really been in question. Um, you know, the game could get out of hand. I mean, I also kind of highlighted Duke Johnson too because right. they could be down twenty in the second half, and Crowell's holding his helmet on the sideline. So I don't love it, but I like it because I do think. The game plan, at least going into Miami, is we're going to run the football a lot and make Kessler's right. life a little easier. The deal is this, too, is in a tournament, you want players who are low-owned. Isaiah Crowell is coming off a pretty big week, but the matchup is to the point where I don't know if his ownership is going to be very high. Um, everyone's predicting a Miami blowout. If something happens in Miami, let's Cleveland – look, Miami could come out flat in this game. They could easily overlook the Browns. The Browns could circle the wagons. Everybody says they're the worst team in the NFL. They're starting another quarterback. You know, they just lost their number one wide receiver. They lost their uh, linebacker. I mean, no one in the world expects Cleveland to hang in this game. Matt, you've been around the NFL long enough to know that typically when the entire world thinks that you're dead, that's usually when a team hangs or springs an upset. And um, do I think Miami loses? No. But it wouldn't shock me if this is 24-20. And if it's 24-20, that means Crowell has been able to control the line. You know, they've been able to control the line of scrimmage, and they've been able to get the run game going. Um, he is 4,700 on DraftKings. He's much better play on DraftKings than he is on FanDuel um, because of the price and the flex position because you got that third spot. Uh, Isaiah Crowell in a flex in a tournament is probably going to be uh, a one percent owned player, and if he happens to rush for seventy five yards and a touchdown, or just you know a hundred and a touchdown, or whatever, it, it's going to pay off big. So the Crowell angle, uh, again, we're talking about you know being on somebody. He's actually coming off a pretty good game. Yeah, uh, and if and I wouldn't want to be in on him on Fanduel at sixty nine hundred, but at no, forty seven, you only play two. Right, and you only play the at, two. Right. You play the two running backs on Fanduel, so you can't. The guys you're going to risk are the the Melvin Gordons of the world and the Charles Sims of the world. Whereas on on DraftKings, you can afford to take a little bit more of a gamble on a guy like Crowell because of the flex, and you get him at such a good price. Uh, the next guy up is uh, from the Monday night game, and that's Mark Ingram. I mean, you're going to want a piece of this. We, we are going to include the Monday night game guys on this podcast because um, there are still a significant amount of tournaments that are Sunday through Monday. Uh, and we don't want to ignore the game because um, it is in plenty of game sets. So that's why we're going to include it here. But uh, Mark Ingram is uh, you know pretty mid, mid-tier guy. Not a lot of people are going to be on him this week. Uh but again, you know, he, no defense in this game. Yeah, right. And maybe we shouldn't spend as much time on the Monday nighter because it's not for everybody, I guess. And I'm going to list a lot of guys from this game because I just expect a lot of points. You know, I'm coming around to the realization that I think the Falcons offense is pretty good. I've thought the Saints offense is pretty good since day one. And, you know, you and I have had this conversation a few times that I think every Saints game is going to be 45. To 50. It didn't happen last week. Last week was a very, very strange game in New York. I think that's going to be the outlier, though, when you look at the whole season for the Saints. And I think Ingram's a proven and much better player than the numbers he's put up to this point. Right. And the cadets are receiving back, so he's going to yeah. get goal. You know. um, the thing with the Saints is this, is you want to play your Saints at home. 
you know, they significantly have significant home road splits over the past three or four years. It's been proven time after, you know, time after time. They're in a dome. They're on turf. They went, you know, they played the ball in the air with speed. Ingram's going to be in a position to score. This Atlanta Falcons linebacking core is not very good. Um, and, you know, he's going to get his shot. He's going to get his touches. Again, maybe not a guy that's going to be heavily owned because so many people are going to be on the passing game. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's the situation there. Uh, Coleman is, an, is a guy that you had listed here. Uh, Tevin Coleman in the same game. Uh, from a price perspective, huge upside with a guy like Tevin Coleman. Completely overlooked probably this week. Um, just because, again, everyone's going to be on the passing game. Yeah, and I don't love the player, but I think the Falcons love the player. <laughs> you know, they drafted him. They didn't draft Freeman. They're really pushing his direction. I know some people that are sort of close to the organization that think that he's before long he's going to be the number one. And I have a hard time picturing that, but I, you know, that's the way they're kind of pushing. And you know, in a track meet in a dome, you know, I could see him busting a couple long ones against a terrible, t- you know, a terrible defense. And it goes back to that same premise that. I want Falcons and Saints this, Saints this week. Right. Any any um, any thoughts? I know this is a different position, but um, Julio Jones not being 100%, does that in any way, you know, influence the Coleman pick? Or it's just, hey, you know, he's, he's a guy who can break an 80-yarder and he's going to get 15 touches. I don't know, because Jones plays and plays well even when he's banged up. You know, so I, I don't know. This that... secondary for the Saints, I mean, gosh, it – it just gets worse and worse. PJ Williams yep. now out. They're signing guys off the street, literally off the street. It's not a catchphrase. They are signing guys <laughs> off the street. They are signing, you know, uh, you know, guys off the street that were cut by other teams. Uh, you know, so it, it's just crazy um, what's going to happen there. Uh, the the popular play of the week at running back, at least one of them, is Charles Sims. So you had mentioned Charles Sims, and it would be would be crazy not to mention Charles Sims this week. He's at home against the Rams. He's 6,300 on FanDuel, so I really like him there because he's going to be heavily involved in this game. And he's 4,900 on DraftKings, so he's pretty much a lock there. Look, um, Charles Sims is going to be heavily owned. Uh, so, again, you know, I think this is a situation, though, and, and we've seen it with other value running backs, is, listen – it's really hard to fade a chalk running back that is so cheaply priced because it opens up so much else that you can do with your roster construction. So whether it's Spencer Ware or Melvin Gordon or TJ Yeldon, you need to play these guys. You can play Charles Sims in cash. You can play him in tournaments. I mean, just don't have 100% exposure to him in tournaments. 30, 35% own most likely. But again, that's a guy I don't have a problem going to 50%, 60% ownership because, you know, yeah, there are some other options this week, but, you know, he's just in such a huge matchup. Matt, what are your thoughts on Charles Sims? Um, I, I see why he's the chalk. I mean, that makes a ton of sense to me. Much like Tannehill when we were talking quarterbacks, he kind of jumped off the page of, boy, that's cheap, 4900 bucks. You know, and what if Aaron Donald and company own the line of scrimmage and they have nowhere to run? Well, the rest of the receivers outside of Mike Evans really aren't that good for the box at home. And then I think he catches a lot of passes. You know, the I don't see the Rams. I don't care who their opponent is that 
I don't see them getting up heavy on anybody. Yeah, they're just not built to oh. have, a, have a lead. Yeah, Right. I mean, so it's either a close game or the Bucks are w- winning big. Yeah. And either way, you know, you're running Sims, back. Who, who's going to play? Who's going to play running back? It's Sims. Right. He's going to be yeah. on the field all the yep. time. Absolutely. Game script proof. Uh, so he's probably the top play of the week. Other, some other running backs that we're looking at, um, you know, uh, Gio Bernard, tough matchup against the Broncos. No one's going to be on him. Uh, I mean, I like I like the Bengals in this spot to win the game. I think they can control the game. Um, I just don't know how much Gio's going to get. You know, if you have a different take on that. I think he's safe, and I think he's safe. He's almost matchup-proof safe gotcha. because he's a okay. good football player that they like, catches balls, runs you know, runs well. And, and I just kind of remember you know, the second half of that game in Pittsburgh last week was Geo was all they had. I mean, maybe yeah. it's, it's time yeah, to say, you know, we're not moving the football. Denver's defense is really tough. Hill's running into a wall. Our receivers can't get open. Let's just dump it to Geo over and yep. over. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And again, somebody that no one's really going to be on because you don't play. And that's what the crowd thinks. That's kind of, you know, in tournaments, you can if you can find an angle or a narrative of why you think a player is going to get used more than what his salary is. And he's one percent owned, two percent owned. That's somebody that you want to jump on. Um, I'm going to hop over to um, the last running back on your list. And um, it's a guy that in season long was a huge pickup. Um, and we just don't know exactly what his role is going to be this week. Um, normally a guy like Dwayne Washington is somebody that a lot of people are going to gravitate to and jump on. But we don't – his role is not defined. Now, he's minimum salary on FanDuel. He's 4500 He's 3600 on DraftKings, which is almost minimum. Um, 3K is a minimum there. Uh I don't know if a lot of people are going to be on him. I, I think he could potentially be a flex play in tournaments on, on FanDuel. I don't think his ownership is going to be very well, very high owned because we just don't know what the role is. Uh, but speak to the type of prospect that Dwayne Washington is uh, for the people that don't know. I mean, we do know that they, they have liked him more than Zenner for two weeks. Yep. Yep. He was their goal line guy at a minimum. You know, he's also a return guy. You know, I mean, he's a highly, highly gifted former big receiver turned running back who's very much learning what to do. And I think Detroit's going to throw the ball a lot. You know, a lot of quick hitters, a lot of Riddick, a lot of Tate, a lot of, you know, all those guys. But he's just so cheap that he's their goal line guy. You know, I don't think he'll get as many carries as Abdullah would have. But as the season goes on, I think he will. That doesn't matter for this week. But. They like him enough to keep him active at this point, and he's the only big back on the roster, and he can run away from people. It's not like he's LeGarrette Blunt and he's just going right. to bang in there, Matt Asiata, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've even, I mean, this is scary, but there's been some David Johnson comps thrown around because of the physical profile. Oh, I can and see that. Just, yeah. Uh, he fell to the seventh, you know, he was injured. Um, you know, gosh, it's just kind of crazy to think that he fell to the seventh round, but again, with the running backs being devalued the way it is, um, it, you know, it week three NFL season long, and you got people paying $300 for a seventh round running back. Um, that's the <laughs> NFL fantasy NFL that we live in these days. So um, D wash to me, a huge tournament play and flex only to me, 
Um, if you think that Detroit Green Bay, like, let's say you think Green Bay is going to get, um, if you like Green Bay to win 30 to 21 or 30 to 23 or 30, you know, whatever you, um, I think what I'd want is I'd want a piece. I wouldn't have a problem if I'm going like Rogers, Cobb, uh, Jordy, I wouldn't have a problem putting Washington into my flex. Because, man, if he gets two goal line touchdowns uh, and he gets 50 yards rushing, you know, and that's three catch. Yeah, exactly. So there's yeah. some sneakiness to that. I think the way I play Washington is um, I might sneak him into a Green Bay stack and, and just kind of get coverage of the game. Um, that's just me kind of, um, you know, speaking out loud. Uh, I, I'd want a piece of Washington. I wouldn't go crazy. Maybe one or two lineups. And if I hit a, if I hit a lottery ticket. And then, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, jump over to the wide receivers, and uh, we'll run down these guys this week. Now, there's um, – when you talk about the landscape of DFS this week with all the injuries um, and just the way the schedule plays out uh, with matchups and things like that, you know, there's value at the wide receiver position this week. And um, Matt's been touting Mike Wallace for two weeks now, and he's going to come back in. He's going to continue to tout Mike Wallace – uh, because of the price and the matchups, 6,500 on FanDuel, which is nuts. I don't know why he's so cheap there. Uh, and only $5,000 on, on DraftKings. Mike Wallace, again, against a very weak, uh, Jaguar secondary that we already talked about. Flacco going to sling it. Um, perfect tournament play for me. Yeah. And I don't have much to add. I mean, it was really goes back to my comments on Flacco is if they're going to blow a coverage and even if not, he's still going to get his, there's already been talk that. Flacco wants to use him more and more. I think he publicly said that today. And, you know, the, if there is a blown coverage, Wallace is the one who's going to, you know, capitalize. Sure. And it wouldn't shock me at all. They always throw deep. I think they'll be able to protect, you know, if this goes hand in hand. Yeah. Is that a uh, stack situation? I don't understand. Yeah, you got to, you got to, um, yeah, it, I've been, I've been playing Flacco Wallace, uh, you know, whenever I, I take them both, you have to. Um, it looks like, you know, who knows about what's going on with Kmart Aiken at this point. Uh, last week I went Flacco Wallace Pitta because that's just where mm. the targets are going. Um, and it paid off pretty good for me. Um, I would, cont- I would go back to that again. I would go Flacco Pitta Wallace. Um, they're still affordable. You can still fit in a number of high price guys. And I, I, again, I just don't think the ownership's going to be there. I think that people are going to gravitate to other games and I don't have and any faith. Pitta's is on my list too. Again, yeah, you know, just like nah, last. Just, you, yeah. You got a, a solid, uh, veteran guy. That's now healthy and, you know, looks to be in a really good spot. Uh, talk about um, a wide receiver that everybody's going to be on this week is Stefan Diggs. Uh, so we're not going to dig into that too much. He had a breakout game last week. Uh, he's 6,400 on FanDuel. He's 5,100 on DraftKings. You, you look, Diggs is probably going to be the number one owned wide receiver, 20, 25% owned, I'm sure, if not 30. Um, so, again, the way you got to play it is you either fade Diggs and take him on 5 or 10% of your teams, or you go double and you go 60. Um, I'm going 60. I got no problem, uh, you know, going 60%, 50% on Diggs. Um, the price, the matchup, uh, you know, I just Carolina's secondary is not what it was, obviously, without Josh Norman. And he had a monster game last week, taking advantage of a, of a beat up uh, Green Bay secondary with no Sam Shield. So, um, you know, second week for Bradford, all that. Uh, and their run game is going to be maybe not in play as much this week. Uh, with the injuries and with the matchups. So I got to think Diggs is going to continue to get targets. Uh, 
some other guys that you're on that are not, you know, kind of the crowd favorites here this week. And mainly these are, you know, against the green type of plays. Tyler Lockett's a guy that's burned people for two weeks. Um, you're willing to go back. Just a huge believer in the player. Um, I think Seattle gets things right. I don't like the Niners' corners very much, obviously, um, and I'm just shocked at his price here. You know, for 4,200 bucks yeah, on DraftKings. Yep. I mean, I think the targets are going to be there. You know, the Seattle's defense is going to shut down the Niners' offense. I just think he's a very good player. And you're looking at the guys that are around him in terms of what the the cost are. I would much oh, rather yeah. have him on my real football team than any of those guys. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, outside of maybe a Philip Dorsett, uh, there's really nobody in that price range outside of maybe one other guy um, that has any kind of upside that Lockett. Lockett's got 102 touchdown upside. You're not going to find that at that price very often, and he's going to be low-owned. And they've got a pretty good matchup, and a lot of people are going to overlook them this week because they've been so bad the first two weeks. Nobody's going to be on the Seahawks this week. Uh Wilson, Lockett, Baldwin, look, it might win somebody a tournament this week if they go off. We saw what Carolina was able to do this Niners uh, defense last week. They carved him up pretty good. Yeah. We get a similar type of quarterback profile with Russell Wilson. I know he's got that bum ankle, so he's not going to be running as much. But w- Wilson can throw the deep ball. And uh, I-, I think this is a spot. Uh, look, they're at home, so we know Seattle is much better at home than they are on the road. They gotta be licking their wounds. That's they always struggle with the Rams. You know, they laid an egg. They laid an egg week one. I gotta imagine that Seattle is due for thirty one ten type of game. Um so that's uh that's the situation with them. Uh, another guy that you're on that is kind of been the, <laughs> he's been the nobody uh, likes him yeah <laughs> oh god uh, I mean I talk I talked to you about internet darlings uh, in one of our earlier preseason podcasts this is an anti internet darling um, what we call AIDS <laughs> nice I like it uh, so we got the internet <laughs> darling that's uh, you know we call them the IDs and we have the 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 anti internet darlings and those are the guys with AIDS. Uh, and I can't take credit for that. Is another guy that 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 can will take credit for it. But you know, kind of the joke on Twitter is, if a guy is heavily owned in DFS and he just craps out, you know, the 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 saying is he's got AIDS. Uh, and so Devonte Adams for Green Bay is a guy that's really burned a lot of people. Going back to Week One of, of last year, where everybody and their mother owned him, and he just can't catch the ball. Um, but you you, you you like him, so talk to me. Sell me on Devontae Adams. I mean, he's super cheap, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like him if he was a lot more expensive. You know, Aaron Rodgers coming off the worst game I've ever seen him play. I do true, have some true. doubts about the Packers right now, you know, mm-hmm. peeping into my head. But I look at the Lions. Their linebackers are ravaged by yeah. injury. Yeah, they're a lot uh, like the Bears right now. They're, yeah. they're banged up pretty good. Ziggy, they're calling you know. me and you. Yep. Right. And I love – Darius Slay, but Slay's not going to be on Devontae Adams. No, <laughs> you know, he's going to be on no. Nelson, yep. or maybe Bob, but probably Nelson. Yep. And at, the rest of their secondary is really suspect right now. So sure. I know he's maddening, but he still has Aaron Rodgers throwing to him at home against a bad back seven because he's never going to see Slay. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, look, the way that – here's how you want to play it. Um, he's going to be covered by a guy named Devin Lawson who's been torn up you know, look, Devontae Adams is who he is. But 
he's got a guy covering him that's not good. And, right. you know, like you said, Slay and Diggs is going to be on Cobb and, and Cobb might be, you know, Cobb is obviously not on this list because he's higher priced. But if you're looking at a tournament and you're looking at Green Bay at home favored by a touchdown and you know what Aaron prior to last year, Aaron Rodgers was untouchable at home and was a guy right. that had an insane run of like 40 touchdowns, no interceptions or something crazy. Uh, I mean, God, I played him every single week that he was at home. I didn't even think about it. I didn't care who he played. I didn't care who it was. You auto played Aaron Rodgers at home in DFS, especially on FanDuel. Um, and, and you got a spot here where not that many people are going to be on Aaron Rodgers because he's just – I mean, there was a stat that came out this week. Blaine Gabbert has outscored Aaron Rodgers in fantasy points over the last eight weeks. So what does that mean? The whole entire world is going to be off Aaron Rodgers this week. He's at home against a division rival of a defense that's been ravaged with injuries of a secondary that's suspect. If Green Bay doesn't get it right this week and doesn't put up a pretty good number, uh, when I say pretty good number, I'm talking 30, you know, 33. If they don't win 33-20, uh, you know, this is the game that they have to really make a statement that they're still one of the class teams in the NFL and in the NFC. Uh, and they can do it at the expense of the Detroit Lions. So, look, if you're going to play a stack, uh, you know, I fade Jordy because of Slay. And I go Cobb and I go Devontae Adams because no one's going to have that stack. No one's going to be on Devontae Adams. They're going to want Jordy because of the deep threat and two touchdown potential. You know, let me take a flyer on Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and Randall Cobb because I know it's going to be under-owned. Uh, and I'm backing it up with other um, other plays where are more chalk plays. You know, maybe a Melvin Gordon, maybe a Charles Sims. You know, just guys that I know are chalk, but I'm protecting myself with that unconventional stack. Um, another guy that you like this week is Michael Thomas. Again, you want pieces of the Atlanta Falcons-New Orleans Saints game. I love Michael Thomas. It's been frustrating. He hasn't really done much right. the first two weeks. Um, but at his price and his low ownership, he is bottomed out. Now, he was a rookie, so his salary wasn't high to begin with. But, man, 5200 on FanDuel and 4200 on DraftKings. Again, if, if you're playing in a tournament with Monday night in the slate, uh, and you want to own players in this game, but you just don't want to have all the chalk guys. Michael Thomas is, is a guy that, you know, I think he's got to come through this week. I mean, Atlanta's secondary beyond Desmond, you know, Trufant is not good. No, exactly. I mean, it kind of the same scenario where let's stay away from Trufant. He's a stud. You know, stay away from Slay. He's a stud. Somebody, you know, Breeze, Breeze is not going to slow down from throwing because, you know, <laughs> True on, on Robert Robert Alford is who he would potentially get matched up against, um, or worse. I mean, that's yeah. worst case scenario, you know. Yep. So, uh, he, you know, he's got a lot of talent. He's going to be on the field a lot, and I expect there to be a lot of points in this game. And he's super cheap, so those yeah. things add up to me to being interesting. Absolutely, and he's somebody that again under owned. And that's what we're talking about here. We're going to either tell you if the guy's going to be the chalk or he's going to be underowned. Again, if you want to play a guy like Diggs and you know he's going to be, you know, 20, 25% owned, 30% owned, you get a guy like Thomas at 3 or 4% owned. That's really where you're, you're hoping Diggs hits. You're hoping you're ahead of the field. And then with a guy like Thomas, you're hoping you get a couple of deep balls, touchdown, 
you know, and again, you're getting them so cheap that um, that's that's where this this strategy comes into play. Tight end position, uh, it's it, you know, it's it's a tough position right now, uh, but there's a value. It's not a lot of value at the top of the board with tight ends, but there's some guys that are breaking out at the at the, you know, there's a lot of value. Um, whether it's injuries, uh, you know, which it typically opens up or just the way, you know, games are flown. Uh, Jacob Tammy is at the top of the list. He had a monster game last week. Again, Saints, Falcons. Uh, he's going to be pretty popular. He's 3,200 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. You know, really, he needs to be the piece. Um, probably like a Ryan, Julio, Tammy stack is what you're looking at. Certainly, you could go Sanu. But um, I wouldn't fault you if you go Tammy and load up at wide receiver. So Tammy's a guy that you're that you're on again this week. Um, a guy that is under uh, was kind of popular coming into the season and hasn't really done much. Clive Walford from FanDuel twenty eight hundred on DraftKings going against Tennessee. Yeah, and he's a guy I'm a big fan of. You know, I play a lot of Dynasty. I've been going out and getting him all offseason long. He's my breakout candidate tight end. And, yeah, he has started a little slow, but he's been on the field a lot. He's getting a lot of action. And we didn't talk about this game very much, but I really think the Raiders offense comes up in a big way on this one. You know, Carr's been really good. That line's been really good. I don't know what they do against Cooper. I think the Raiders score a lot of points. And at 2800 bucks on, you know, yeah. uh, DraftKings, right. okay. Yeah, sure. he's going to be at the field. Yeah, no, it's a good point, um, and certainly a guy that's going to be under-owned because a lot of people be on Tammy, Cameron, uh, Pitta. You know, we, I know you like Pitta. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Trey Burton's going to be a guy that people are on after Monday night. So um, you're on Jared Cook this week. Uh, is that because the linebacker situation for the Detroit is so bad? Yeah, and I don't like their safeties very much either. Right. Again, I'm kind of, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is sitting there doing the whole R-E-L-A-X move. He's not yeah. worried about things going off the rails. I'm going to trust. When in doubt, I'm going to trust that guy. And, you know, and it has not been pretty. And I think they, they went out and got Cooks for a reason. It's an unorthodox Packers-like free agent move. But, boy, he's got a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about Dennis Pitta. I mean, uh He's going to be a popular pick, but I think people are going to fade Jesse James because they started using Xavier Grimble. Uh, and so people are going to be pissed off that James didn't get the ball and they're probably going to fade him. <laughs> Which is probably a little nuts. You know, I mean, I, I, unlike, you know, some of these teams we talk about, like Detroit, I do like that Eagles safety, especially safety and linebacker combination. There's a lot of athletes there. I don't think the middle of the field will be as open. Um, Grimble's a spot player for them. I mean, nobody besides Ben and the offensive line are playing more snaps than Jesse James. He's never leaving the field on That's a good, good offense. Yep. And they, they don't have a lot in the way of red zone weapons. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah, and that's a key, especially in the tight end position where, like, you're trying to find value. And maybe a guy's not getting the targets, you know, especially when we're talking about, you know, beyond the top 10, beyond the top 12 is what, we got, what we're doing here is you got to find guys that are just on the field that are going to have an opportunity that come their way. And, you know, at that price, again, Jesse James was a huge DFS darling week one. He came through um, week two. 
People jump back on the bandwagon. They got mad that Grimble got the ball. So they'll be off him this week. Nobody will be on him, and that's really where you want to strike. Defense is going to be our last play. Um, we will talk about kicker briefly, but defense, and this is always tough because we're working off a list that is basically you know teams that are priced 13 to 30. And so there's not a lot of you know, it, it, you're, you're digging and, um, big time. We actually talked about the chargers last week and boy, that came through in a big way Um minimum salary against Blake Bortles at home. And they were favored and the chargers defense came through in a huge way. Um, so you can, you can hit on these cheap plays. Um, this week, uh, there's some, there's some stuff. I mean, I, I you know, we talk about Cincinnati and I'll let you get into that, but, Cincinnati at home against a bad quarterback, against a run-heavy offense, uh, against a, a you know they're Cincinnati at home here you know, could rack up some sacks, uh, and they're at forty-five hundred on FanDuel, twenty-eight hundred on DraftKings, and another thing too, it's going to be a very low-scoring game. That's the thing. It's, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. The Bengals have been quite good over the past couple of years at home. Mm-hmm. I, I think their defense is above average. I don't think it's great. It's probably right at 10, 12 range overall. But I thought Simeon was less than impressive last week, you know, uh, in, in a big way. I mean, I thought he took a, a step back, and it didn't yeah. kill them. But he left a lot on the field. He threw what should have been a pick six, but Butler pulled his hamstring in midfield, you know. And I could see you know, Cincinnati's an opportunistic group. I could see them, you know, causing a big play or two. Yeah. You know, I, I highlighted again. I highlighted two defenses. Like you said, it's pretty slim pickings at the yeah. bottom of defenses. The, the Bengals I, I like are the, pop- the Bengals are a popular play this week um, because of yeah because of the price. Um, they're favored. They're at home. It's a low scoring game. It's a bad quarterback. So the Bengals are going to be a little bit of chalk, but it's not like. Um, uh, Seattle or, you know, some of the other top top teams that people are looking at, like Miami, Seattle. Miami and Seattle are definitely going to be the chalk. Cincinnati is going to be right there. But, again, if it's third or fourth on the list, we're okay with that, especially at the price that we're paying. Um, this one that you have here is um, they're priced up a little bit on DraftKings, but they're super cheap on FanDuel. They're 4500 um, the New York Giants at home against the Washington Redskins. This Giants defense is vastly improved. Free agency has done that. Um, they they basically turned over the Saints a bunch of times last week. I mean, things are starting to implode a little bit in Washington. This is going to go one of two ways. And I know this is going to sound just like, oh, yeah, you know, of course. Look, the Giants are either going to win and they are going to absolutely just destroy them. Or the Giants are going to completely overlook it. The Redskins are going to circle the wagons and they're going to find a way to win 27-24. So if you think the Giants are going to win, you know, 27 to 10 or 27 to 13, then you absolutely want a piece of the Giants defense. Um, It could easily go that way. I mean, like you said, you don't have a lot. of. That's how I think it's going to go. Yep. I think things are falling yep. apart in Washington. Yep. I think Cousins is going to go back to being a turnover machine. They don't run the ball at all. They, I, I tweeted out today, they're, they're past to uh, run splits. Their oh, ratio is yeah. crazy heavy yep. in terms of passing. And that's never a good sign. That's not a good indicator because teams 
will pick up on that when it's that dramatic. Oh. Yeah. Olivier Vernon and JPP and, you know, they can rush the passer. Yep. And I think they're really good at the corner position. I think it's a really bad matchup for Washington because Deshaun Jackson and Doxson and Garcon and all their weapons. Could have, could have, have an injury hurt. situation too. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they're going to have a tough guy guarding them. There's good corners there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, th- that game could unravel um, pretty quickly. It could get very ugly, especially in New York. Um, if the game was in Washington, it might be a little bit different story. But again, um, if they get an early lead, fourteen nothing, especially if they get a lead off a turnover, you know there could be a meltdown situation. The other team that you like is the Ravens, and they're going against Jacksonville. And I always like picking on Jacksonville because Bortles has one of the highest percentages of sacks and interceptions. And he's going to drop back and throw the ball quite a bit, and their defense stinks. Um, the Ravens, uh, I, you know, you had said this. We don't really know who this defense is. Right. And we still don't know after last week with the Browns and the backup quarterback and the injured quarterback and things like that. Um, I think we find out this week. They're on the road against a pass-heavy offense. Um, and this is a spot where um, we're going to find out what the Ravens are made of, I think, on the defensive side. Yeah, and I don't like this much as as the uh, the Giants one, you know. But at Jacksonville, I don't trust Bortles right now. Um, they have no they, home field. They have no home field advantage. They have no home field advantage. They're not running the ball very well at all. The line is not playing well. Ivory comes back. You know, that's sort of something to get excited about if you're Jacksonville. And I think Allen Robinson has, you know, matchups to his advantage. But, uh, you know, I was kind of reaching on this one. I mean, again, I like the Giants most. I like Cincy second. Yeah. And I, I would take yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, I don't know. Third. I don't know if it's that much of a reach, to be honest with you. Um, I've yeah. seen the Ravens um, are a team that people are on as far as like fifth or sixth uh, because of the Bortles situation. Um, it's just been, it's been a play for the last two years. Um, people play defense against Jacksonville. Now, two years ago, it was insane. I mean, you were racking up 10, 15, 20 points last year, a little bit different. You know, they played a little bit better, but still this guy's throwing a ton. It's garbage. The same, this is the same Jacksonville team. You know, they're, they're not very good. I I, I just, I never thought they were. Um, I thought they were the most overhyped team coming into the season. Um, I, I just don't see it. Uh, and, you know, like we said, the coach's winning percentage is, you know, that's that's a guy who's probably on his way out. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with kickers. Um, pretty simple here, guys. Um, I don't pay up for kickers. I look for guys that are priced at 4600 4500 on FanDuel. My system is simply this. I look for teams that are favored, that are at home. If they're not favored at home, I look for, uh, you know, minus three, plus three uh, as far as Vegas spread goes. And I look for a dome, high-scoring game. Uh, so my angles this week on kicker are this. Mike Nugent at home against Denver. Uh, they're not going to be able to move the ball a ton on this Broncos defense. They're going to want to take the points when they can. So Nugent's in a spot where you can pair him with the defense, which is something I like to do. And uh, he's 4,600, so that kind of fits into the system. Uh, Josh Lambeau is at Indianapolis in a dome and a high-scoring projected total. 
and he's 4,500. Again, uh, I'll, I'll pull the trigger on that one. And then also Andrew Franks is minimum priced 4,500 at home against the Cleveland Browns. Miami should be able to have field position. Now, whether they put up 30 points or 23, etc., they're going to be able to move the ball on the Browns. They're going to be in position to score. They'll take the points when they can. They're not going for on fourth and three. That's not what bad teams do. And, so those are those are my plays at the kicker position for week three. Uh, that's going to wrap it up, guys, for this week's deep threats. We want to wish everybody the best of luck in the tournaments this week. Again, head over to rotocurve.com. We got that five dollar weekly promo where you get everything for just five bucks. Uh, you can't beat that deal. Again, promo code is Wrath. And I want to thank Matt for joining us again this week with some great insight. And uh, good luck to everybody in their games this week. Take care.